Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, 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 what do we have here? Brian Haydad on the left <laughs> side of your screen. I'm Michael Bork on the right side of your screen. Right here. there in the middle. There's nothing. It's just a black hole. It's the abyss. It's what Well, in fairness, usually just a black hole there anyway. Burn! Just, just, just depression and anger and takes. <laughs> Richard will be here in a minute. That's all it is. Yeah, he's, he's on the way. Over under three twelve. Ooh, yes, gambling. Three twelve. Um, over. Over. But not by much. But not by much. Okay. Now, now, see, now he's on. He's hitting the gas. He heard that. <laughs> he is. He's punched it. He's doing ninety up West Jackson, trying to get there. Uh, not playing golf today or anything like that. But he's late again. He's late again. It, it, just for the record, if I was late to this show, nothing would happen. Mm. Nothing would happen. It, it wouldn't start. Yeah. To just just want, want everybody out there to know. Again, I'm Borky say that. Yeah, Richard, uh, we'll be here very shortly. We've got a lot to talk about today, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have not had, as far as the Thunder and Lightning podcast goes, I have not had a couple of newsier days in June that didn't involve the College World Series ever. I mean, I've just got content every day. It's fantastic. Gibbs says, hope you all got those questions pre-recorded like we were talking about yesterday. I really want to make a Richard soundboard. I'm just going to take a bunch of random stuff out of context. Chat and just RC. Have that in there. Just, we can do it. Just, yeah. We could easily do that, yeah. Just yes, no, like simple answers to like yes and no and, and things like that. Yeah. And just kind of sprinkle it in. Yeah. Just see, you know, on one day where he's not here, let's just see if anybody even notices that he's not here. Yeah. And, you know, and I can add it right here like with stuff like this. Which, as you know, that was... <laughs> There he is. Hey, I won. Under. Under 312. Oh, God. He's here. I missed. Is he Sorry. plugged in? Can he hear us? He can hear ah, us. Ah, he can hear us, yeah. I hear you. 
Whew, boys, I have covered some ground today. We we, we left, uh, pulled out of the driveway at eight this morning. Met the uh, the nice lady with uh, with the new dog at uh, like eleven thirty in Jackson, and then hustled back. And uh, if not for some road construction that's happening on Jackson Avenue, which kind of is an issue in Oxford, I would have made it on time. What was I three minutes late? Sorry. Hey guys. Yeah, yeah. You did. You did good. You did good. We got a name. That's funny. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Decided on a name. Uh, we were having dinner last huh? night, going through uh, a long list of names, and uh, I suggested that since Mister Man was what the uh, the breeder had been calling him, that maybe something with an M would be good. And Obi sat there for a second. He looked up. He goes, "Mac," and we're like, "Yep, that's it." And so Mac it is, and uh, Sweet Mac is home, and he is awesome. And hopefully going to get well adjusted pretty quickly. I left him in the uh, backyard with the kids and Jane, and they were running around playing. And here I am. So, what a fun day! What a cool day to uh, get a new puppy. There you go. That's a. It's, a, it's like how you feel when you get a new cat. Hey, Dan. Borky great. loves the Borky great. loves the new dog feel. It's a special day. It is a really special day. So and, and then. Uh, it it will become yours. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But we're we're really hoping that there's a kind of a special bond here for for Obi with with Matt. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yes, that is the, a good the, name. the responsibilities will end up with uh, what will end up with Jane and me. Some of them anyway. <laughs> yes. So so I, hey Dad, should I tell the story on on how we got to Matt or how Obi got to Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm going to make the same joke, though. Yeah, that's fine. So when we were trying to come up with a name for our son, Obi, who you all have heard about a million times, um, and and Obi is a family name, we had decided on a name. And we came up with a name that unquestionably would have made Obi the biggest jerk on, on the planet because he would have had four names. We were We had decided on... Malcolm, which would have kind of honored Jane or would have honored Jane's grandfather. Weldon, which would have honored her dad. Pittman, which is my mom's side of the family, my grandfather and my mom's maiden name. And then Cross obviously would have been the last name. So Malcolm Weldon Pittman Cross, maybe the longest name in the history of the world, but we were going to call him Mac. And we had told people this. And so he had gotten some like onesies with his, you know, name embroidered on on the uh you know the whatever, the shirt or the, the clothes. You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. And then we decided, but we didn't tell anybody, you know what, we're, we're going to name him Obi. It just feels like that's that's Jane's dad's name. So he's Obi Pittman Cross. And we had a blanket that had Mac embroidered on it, and we just kept it. And somewhere along the way, Obi found the blanket, and he was like, what's this? Like, oh, that was going to be you. He's like, what do you mean? And so we told him that story, and he's kind of gotten a kick out of that and kept the blanket. And so that's where Mac popped into his head. He's like, it was going to be me. I guess it should be my dog. And so, Mac, it is. Yeah. Worked out pretty well. As I said said earlier this morning, if you'd named the child Malcolm Weldon Pittman Cross, 
Uh, you could have had a couple in Alaska adopt that boy at birth, and he still would have been an Ole Miss fan, because that's the most Ole Miss name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, Josh and Laurel says, not all people with four names are jerks. I have four names. Yeah, we like you, Josh. No, I'm I'm kidding. Josh, you're fine. Um, somebody said, what kind of dog is Mac? He is a, uh, he is a golden doodle. Um, got kind of the wavy hair, and uh, it's really cool. Really cool. Somebody says, uh, dang, I wish Obi had chosen Max. That's my son's name. That's Dwayne and Brandon. Well, sorry, we can pretend like it's Max for you, Dwayne. If yeah, that, you can. Uh, Richard's dog's name can be whatever you, you think it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want it to be in your head. Somebody said Malcolm would have been a Do great you, name. It's worked well for me for 38 years. Do any of you have an, another, like a name that your parents almost named you? Or do you know your girl name? Uh, I've never asked my mom that. I should. What about you? My girl, I, my I girl like name is Angela Michelle. Angela Michelle. Would she have called you? Would your mom have called you Angela uh, or Michelle? I don't know. I don't know. That would not have been a double. I know. Name. It would have been one or the other. That, that, no, that would not have been I'd a double. I'd probably name. be. I'd probably be Angie if I had to guess. Angie. Angie. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would have worked. I might have. Who ne- we'll never know in, in a parallel universe. Yeah. My girls would have been uh, if they would have been Brian Matthew Jr. is what Aislinn would have been, and uh, Emily would have been Patrick Anthony had she been a boy. Patrick Anthony Hayden. Yeah, you could have stuck with that and just called her Patty instead. Nah, Anthony doesn't work though. No, no, it doesn't. But, does it so, really? So she's Emily Nicole instead. Gib in Greenwood says, I was going to be Genevieve and was going to be called Jenny. All with a G. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're glad to be with you this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can uh, learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Love to hear from you. A lot of you uh, already jumping in on the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Whether it's a wireless solution, a home Internet solution, a business Internet solution, or other business IT needs, ceasefire has you covered. Learn more online at ceasefire.com. We had baseball last night. We've got baseball going on right now at the College World Series. Florida is a win away from moving into the championship series. Uh, LSU and Wake Forest coming up later tonight. LSU has got to win against Wake Forest to uh, force uh, a winner-take-all game tomorrow to get to the championship series. Wake Forest could do the same thing, though, that Florida is uh, trying to do right now, and that's go through unscathed and really have the pitching set up well for a uh, a run to a title to uh, to get to take a trophy home, and to me that's the uh, the most interesting thing that is left is managing pitching. What do you do tonight if you're LSU? I don't think that uh, Jay Johnson has announced yet his starter for tonight. It, it, maybe maybe I've missed that today, and, and you guys have seen it already. Um, but if so, I have not seen it yet. So let's talk about that when we come back. If you were Jay Johnson. You're LSU. What do you do? And did we learn anything from Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the last couple of years in terms of managing pitching that uh, that really stands out? Just getting started with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. 
is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Middle of the week, the summer solstice. Want to make another joke, eh, Dad? No, I just need to know what Borky's Venmo is. It's just my name. All right. What? There, there was a bet that I would mention that today was the summer solstice? No. No, no, no. That no. We had somebody who just texted us, hey, I said, Borky, if you will send him the picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, hello there, I will send you five bucks. So he did it. So I'm a man of my word, and I'm going to do that. Five dollars headed to uh, Michael Borky from Brian Haydad for services rendered. (laughs) That's what I'm going to put on there. June 21st. So two to one, Florida leading over TCU. So let's get into some, uh, some baseball conversation we will get to the College World Series. We will get to what I teased before the break a second ago about uh, LSU and pitching. And what do you do? What, what do you do tonight if you are LSU? I feel like Paul Skeens' agent might have a different answer to the question than a lot of people. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps. We will uh, We will find out, I guess, in the, uh, the next little bit. Um, but we need to start right here in the state of Mississippi. So yesterday was a big, big, big Mississippi State news day. And three-quarters of the news was great yesterday for Mississippi State fans. And the, the, the three, the, there were four major news items yesterday at Mississippi State. Three of them were fantastic, and one of them was like, ah, oh, man, can we not have a day where the good news isn't at least partially brought back down to earth by some bad news? Well, it took a little more time, but maybe the bad news is not bad after all. So there were three really big recruit commitment announcements yesterday for Mississippi State. Hey, Dad, those three names were? P.J. Woodland, Stonka Burnside, and J.J. Harrell. All three highly recruited players committing to Mississippi State football yesterday. Then there was bad news, or seemingly bad news, in the announcement that Dakota Jordan, the SEC all-freshman outfielder for Mississippi State who's got wicked bad power, hits tank bombs. Wicked good or wicked bad? You knew what I meant. Wicked good. Wicked good power. We're not from Boston. You're a Yankees fan. Don't be be saying wicked good. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Um, But he was leaving. He was putting his name into the transfer portal. And Brian Haydad assured us yesterday that it had nothing to do with NIL, that it was not a money issue whatsoever, that it was something else, that there were other things that were related. Less than 24 hours later, it has been reported that Dakota Jordan has removed his name from the transfer portal and that he will be returning to Mississippi State, that he will be maintaining residence in Starkville, Mississippi. So, 
I will, before I uh, opine just for a moment, Mr. Haydad, start with you by saying, what happened? Uh, what, I just want to know what, one thing. What, what, what's different? What changed? I just want to know one thing, and I'm going to mm-hmm. ask, and Borky, you need the answers too. Have either one of you ever gotten a phone call at 6 in the morning that was good news? Six in the morning phone call, good news. Uh, I, I I will say that I have not. Yeah, no, nothing. Just no. No, that's that's. I was I was talking about it on on the podcast. It's like six a.m. is usually when you're like, hey, yeah, grandma passed away. That's six a.m. phone mm-hmm. call, right? But not Crystal Modus. Crystal Modus gets a phone call from Dakota Jordan at six a.m. saying, "I'm back." Um, what changed? If, and we go into a lot of detail about this on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning, but I'll, I'll bring it here now. It felt like... Yes. I didn't do that early on. I tried to send everybody to the podcast. I've gotten better about that. Um, yeah, it felt the, like... The, the Thunder and Lightning podcast, which you should listen to, because it's great news about Mississippi State. Like, like Not always great news, but it is good, compelling, the news. lots of news is, about is Mississippi State. It's informative. Uh, yes, and it's uh, it is. It is the most informative, the most listened to, the most downloaded podcast covering Mississippi State athletics. Period. And you can also Fact. listen to Thunder and Lightning on the radio. And you should Tonight. listen to all of those things. But yes, hey, Dad, we do appreciate the fact that uh, this radio show that I've is distributed, distributed to eighty-two counties covers all three million people almost in the state of Mississippi uh, and is available for free, just like the podcast on your radio yeah. and online. Yeah. And streaming yeah. from a video standpoint, uh, we, we are glad that you bring um, the Mississippi State I, news I, to this, which sir. is kind of the reason that you were hired in the first place to be part of can, can I say this here can radio I say program. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to yeah. say all of those things out loud. So, I feel yes, like Richard's been sitting on that rant for a while. I feel like Richard's been wanting to say that. Um, it felt, it feels like, and this is tough to prove. But there were some people around Dakota Jordan who are working against Mississippi State that were in his ear, that were trying to influence him. And as of this time yesterday, because it was around this time yesterday that we were having this discussion, that they were able to convince him that his future would be better served by moving away from Mississippi State. And... Between now and then, and this is something I talked about on yesterday's podcast. Again, I'll bring it here. That you know, Dakota Jordan is probably a year or two away from being drafted and being a multimillionaire. And when you're that guy and you know what your future is, at some point you just got to grab the reins and say, "I'm a man, and I have to make my own decisions." And from what I can tell, that is the crux of the matter. Now. We we mentioned NIL. Is Dakota Jordan going to get a nice NIL deal for being in Starkville? Yes, but he was going to get one anyway. He was already going to get a great NIL deal for being in Starkville, regardless of had he gone in the portal or not. So if if we want to make it an NIL thing, I'm sure it plays a role. I'm sure he, I'm sure Mississippi State. This is going to sound weird, but knowing what Mississippi State does with baseball and knowing what Georgia does with baseball, I have great confidence that any NIL deal that he would get would be greater from Mississippi State than it would be from Georgia because I don't see them just dropping big money into baseball, and Mississippi State would. But I think at the end of the day that the people around him, 
he, he was able to get control of his own situation back, is is how I would put it. Okay. Um, I have a really hard time, and I I, I, I hear what you're you're saying, and and I don't dispute any. I mean, you would know better than I. But I have a really hard time making what you said yesterday about hey this 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 was not about money this was not about NIL it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that when yeah. a guy goes from leaving I'm out which is by the way I I understand that it happens all the time but that's still a really really big life decision and less than 24 hours later complete change of heart is it because he's not best friends with his best friend anymore? Is it because he decided that the the food options were better in one place than the other? Is well, it because the food options he, in Athens are really good? Yeah, they are. I'll be honest. <laughs> eh, they are in okay. the birthplace of REM and just loves that '90s alt rock. Uh, yeah. So it's hard for me to believe that somebody didn't go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, no, 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 no. no. No, no, no. You're you're not leaving. Let, let's right. Th- there are a but lot again, of reasons. There are a lot of reasons for you not to leave. But let's just clear up the nil piece right now. Here's what we can do. It I'm sure that like was. That. I'm, I have no doubt. Yeah. And, and, and the reason that but, I say that, the reason that I think that is, I, I think we all agree with this, and most everybody. There are a very finite number of times in your life where you truly truly have leverage. Dakota Jordan had leverage yesterday. And when he put I his totally name agree. in the transfer portal, that leverage got ra- ratcheted up times like a hundred. I would um, I would imagine though that he already had on the table before yesterday an NIL deal that was just waiting for his signature. Wouldn't now, you imagine the pot up? got sweetened significantly? I don't know if significantly is the right word, but up, sure. Sure. Probably like, look, we can do a little bit more. Sure. But, again, he was going to get a good deal regardless. If he, had, if he had never gone into the portal, he would have probably just done what Hunter Hines did a couple weeks ago and tweeted out a graphic saying, I'm here at Mississippi State. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be a Bulldog, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think that the outside forces that I'm talking about, and, you know, Got to be careful where you go into detail on that, but smart people can put it together. They 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 played a huge role in him moving into the portal, and I think he played a huge role in himself taking himself out of the portal. I think he decided to make his own way. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. I stand by with a larger wallet. I mean, because that just two plus two's got to equal four. Can you feel it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Haydad, anything else on the Dakota Jordan? I, I, I know we were kind of running out of time there, and I kind of threw a little last word in. I, I'm not sure that we yeah. actually disagree. No, we don't. You you just think there's maybe a lot there's more, more in play, play than, than I'm yeah I, perhaps giving it yes. credit for. Yes. Uh, the only thing I would say is the only thing that's for sure in this life is that nothing's for sure. So right now, today, Coach Jordan is a Mississippi State Bulldog. Let's see what tomorrow brings. It's kind of like that in recruiting too. It is. It is exactly. It's the same. It's yeah. the same. Not until until you know you see Dakota Jordan step in the batter's box. You could be. You could feel confident in fall practice. If he steps in the batter's box in fall practice, he's playing the season at Mississippi State. Hmm. Just looking at some messages on the uh, C Spire text line. Greg and Jackson says his mama adjusted his attitude. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes mamas have the ability to do that. They can get uh, that done sometimes, yes. Another message, uh, transferring to Georgia for baseball over state would have been the dumbest thing on earth. I feel like Alford was encouraged to transfer, so him going to Georgia is like Georgia picking up strays. Georgia, so. f- message boards are going to be mad at me. Georgia finished ahead of Mississippi State in each of the last two seasons. Yeah. They did. And they fired their coach. You can say dumbest thing on earth, but you're looking at that through a lens of, well, they play in a better stadium with better crowd support. Georgia, well, they're a better overall program. Oh no, there's not to say it's a better overall. Of, of program. course they are. Of yes. course they are. Of yeah. course they are. Georgia baseball to me is what Texas A&M football was pre-Jimbo. Now, Jimbo has not delivered the results, but it's the sleeping giant. Because of where they are located, the amount of quality high school baseball that is played in the state of Georgia, the access to that talent, I, I have for a long time thought that is that should be a really good job. And there is no excuse for Georgia not perennially being a postseason team that is pretty regular in Omaha. But they haven't been able to do that consistently. And there have been great players at Georgia, not good players, great players that have come through Georgia. They haven't consistently gotten enough great players and gotten them to play well and had the right mix of – I mean, what are we, three years, four years removed from Georgia having two first-round draft picks on the mound in its rotation? And they just kind of yeah, got bounced in a regional. I mean, they, they have had some dudes at Georgia. Yeah. So to say it's the dumbest decision ever, or the dumbest thing on earth, I don't necessarily agree with that. But I certainly will give you better stadium, much better fan support, people care, better overall program, all of those things. I, I, I'm really anxious to see what Wes Johnson does with the Georgia program. Really anxious. Yeah. Is it more about him or more about if George is willing to actually go in and help him? 
So yeah, that's my thought is if Georgia was really really willing to go in and, and commit and do something with baseball, they would have gotten an elite head coach because most head coaches would look at that program the way Richard does and say, boy, if I could get in there and they really put some commitment to me, we could get elite players all the time. What if they thought Wes Johnson was elite? I mean, never been a head coach. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. He, but he has been elite as a as a pitching coach. As a great pitching coach, outstanding pitching coach. But we'll and see. I still don't think we've seen the money for for Wes Johnson's contract because he was making one point one at LSU. LSU pulled him out of Major League Baseball. I was paying him over seven yeah. figures. And so, you know, did Georgia get to that number? Did they match it? Did they surpass it? Was it close enough that he was like, you know, I'm ready to be a head coach, and that's the place I can do it, and I'll either win enough to get paid big at Georgia, or I'll win enough that somebody will take me away and will pay me big. Maybe that was the next step on the career path that he needed, regardless of the salary number. I I don't know. Bubba says, who else is going to leverage MSU? It's It's kind of a tough take right here. He says, this could be the worst baseball team money can buy in history. That's tough, Bubba. Well, in in fairness, Jordan was really good. It, it's not like you had a bad player leverage you and you had to overpay to keep a bad player. You paid to keep a good player. You know, you kept the guy who's probably a future first second round pick. Yeah, I mean, weren't there only it's, it's weren't worth, there only worth it. two and a half guys that had that kind of leverage going into this coming season? Dakota Jordan, obviously, one of them. Hunter Hines didn't really exercise mm-hmm. that leverage, at least not publicly. And then mm-hmm. an argument that David Mershon is important enough to the program going forward, I'd kind of give him the half. Like, there's some leverage there, I, but they don't want to lose him. I would put Durangelo Sinjay ahead of David Mershon. Okay. In terms you, of having you, a guy who, who I think would be attractive in the portal. No, not that Mershon wouldn't be. And Highfield yeah. would, too, and I think Lofton would, too. But in terms of leverage, okay, maybe I would say NJ, I would the, say Tarantula. Yeah, okay. just because a pitcher, you know, who who's shown you some good stuff is is going to be attractive. Yeah, we got um, a message about loyalty and how how the modern NCAA is not teaching kids the importance of okay. of getting a degree and and loyalty to the college and and I th- there is some merit to that right like th- these guys are they are getting a free education well not in baseball um they are getting an education and that is important and and that is valuable and, and they should care about that because the over 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 overwhelming majority of these guys will not play major league baseball a lot of them are going to get to to bounce around on on jumper buses in, in the minors and make $1500 a month or whatever but they're going to have to do something else at some point. And so education's important. But the, I, I grow so weary of the criticism of loyalty from fans. Because let's pretend for a second that Dakota Jordan hit 150. <laughs> if he if he stunk, if he he if he was bad in the field, he made mistakes in the base paths, it was not a good teammate, his teammates didn't like him and he hit 150. Fans would be calling for him to get benched, and the coaches would be telling him to hit the portal because they're going to recruit over him. And so, loyalty has to it has to be a two way street, and it's not because the second a quarterback throws three interceptions, everybody's calling for him to hit the bench, play the backup. 
But if that quarterback dares consider hitting the portal, he's disloyal. I don't like that. I grow really weary of that because fans are only loyal to the players that are good. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, take a look at, go look on Facebook at any MSU website that did a story on this and look at the comments. And they're all good riddance, didn't need him anyway, never liked him. He was always a me first player. We can get better players. It's, there's no loyalty. The whole this is why I always and, and the say second, is like and then the second that he pulls I, his I, name out of the portal, those same people dramatically change their tune. Yeah, it's 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 and that's every fan base. Always it's not just laugh and State. and sn- yes. exactly. I always snicker at people who are like, we are we're a family at this university. We we don't you know when when State does the whole we don't have fans we have family. I just cringe like, hey, not true. Yeah. Well, the Auburn family is different, except for the fact that they had Ashford, yeah. who went through a, a very difficult season and handled himself well and played really hard. And oh, by the way, here comes Peyton Thorne. Family. Yeah. Hunter in Columbus, big bulldog, says uh, State is re- has a really good nucleus of young players coming back in baseball. State will be back in a regional next year. I don't know about hosting, but wouldn't be surprised if they host. And And Hunter, you may be right about that. You have to promise me they're better on the mound. Because if they're not better on the mound, they're not a regional team next year. I don't, I don't share Hunter's optimism. No, I mean, you know, the portal could change that for me. And, see and, they bring and Hunter, I would say Hunter did follow it up. He said Lamonis and those guys have got to land some big-time portal guys, though, especially from a pitching standpoint. Speaking of portal guys, Ole Miss added one today. Um, Duke's third baseman? Andrew Fisher has committed to Ole Miss, and he was a pretty good player on a good Duke team. And as a true he, freshman, also, yeah. So he's a a true freshman from New Jersey, and last year at Duke, he hit two eighty nine with an OPS so, of point nine nine nine. Okay. So that's, uh, oh, that's right. really correct. Yeah. Uh, had uh, 11 home runs. I thought it was 12. Is it 12? Uh, sorry. Uh, different side had 12. Duke has no, 11. Now, nah, whatever. You're, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. His official stats from, I don't know. Whatever. Good player. Had four hits in the regional against Virginia or the Super Regional, and they, they needed it. They needed it badly. So Ole Miss adds a piece on the infield if Ethan Leger comes back. Thought is he probably moves to second base. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be right back. I listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk.tv. 
Great to be with you this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. So, LSU wins last night over Tennessee. They beat them 5 to nothing. We talked on the show yesterday about the fact that if LSU was going to win this game, it felt like they were going to have to kind of bash their way to the win. They didn't really do that. It was a low-scoring game. LSU did score first. They got a run in the top of the first inning. They did not add their second run until the top of the sixth inning. Then they got one in the eighth and two in the ninth with a, uh, a home run from Dylan Cruz to, uh, to really put it on ice. But the story last night for LSU was pitching. Right, so we said going into the ball game, Tennessee is the deeper staff, and they've got the better starter, Drew Beam, who pitched well. Five and two-thirds, six hits, two runs, one earned, two walks, nine strikeouts. That's good. But Nate Ackenhausen got his first start of the season. His previous long outing this year was three and two-thirds. Did you see what he said after the game, by the way? His coach texted him right before 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. to let him know that he was starting. And he slept till 11. <laughs> he didn't see the message until 11 o'clock in the morning where he said, Coach, I'll give you my best. <laughs> I'll give you my best. That's all you need. <laughs> but in fairness, aren't you glad he got a couple of extra hours sleep hey. on, a, uh, on a big day? Yeah. No reason for him to sit around yeah. two extra hours and be nervous or to, uh, to tax his body. So he, he got the uh, sleep in. He went six innings, scattered four hits, Obviously did not allow a run as it was a shutout victory. Struck out seven and walked none. And here's the thing. Ackenhausen is more of a fly ball out guy. He got four fly outs and six ground outs. I mean, he was just spectacular. Tennessee had no answer for him. And then Riley Cooper out of the bullpen, three innings, two hits, a couple of strikeouts and a walk, ball game over, LSU advances. So I'll raise my hand. I was wrong yesterday on kind of what I expected. But, Borky, you hit on something yesterday when we were talking about this. In Ole Miss's national championship win a year ago, they had to have somebody step up. They had a couple of guys that really stepped up. Because Dylan DeLucia, since he threw on Thursday in the elimination game against Arkansas, wasn't available in the first two games of the championship series. So Hunter Elliott pitched exceptionally well in game one. And then in game two, they ran Jack Doherty out. And Jack Doherty pitched the game of his life. And then when they got into a uh, a little bit of a jam, and this was actually on Saturday, right? They handed the ball to Mason Nichols, and he got three strikeouts and pitched. So, so the 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 thing is, if you're going to win it all, yeah, you got to have great arms at the front end. You got to have some timely hits. You got to have some guys that are clutch at the plate. But somebody or a couple of somebodies have to step up and perform beyond the level of what they have performed throughout the course of the season if you were going to win a national championship. Yeah. LSU got that last night from Nate Ackenhausen. 
Yeah, Doherty, to your point, I just looked it up to jog my memory. Three hits, five complete, struck out six, uh, two runs. And those were late, too. Yeah, and he had... Didn't he have a no-hitter like going into the fourth inning or something? Yeah, so th- those two runs, uh, I-, I think, were given up by somebody else, but he was responsible for the runners yeah. in the sixth. So he okay. was like perfect through five or something yeah. like that. The Florida Gators just got a 3-2 win over TCU. TCU tied it in the eighth. Florida retook the lead 3-2 in the top of the ninth. And uh, Florida goes 3 and a on their side of the bracket. TCU heads home. And think about Florida. So they played on Friday and won. They played on Sunday and won. They did not have to play on Monday. They did not have to play on Tuesday. They went on Wednesday. Now they get Thursday and Friday off. Florida has had, will have had, by the time they get to the championship series, four off days. And so they're pitching set. Now, Wake Forest is going to have one less off day because they started a day later. If Wake Forest wins tonight against LSU, they'll have two off days leading into the championship series as well and will have the ability to set their rotation. And that could be an epic championship series. But will it be Wake Forest? What's LSU going to do on the mound tonight? We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour is next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Told you this yesterday. Hot outside. You want to cool off? How about Geyser Falls Water Park? It's part of Pearl River Resort. Whether it's for a day or a weekend, you can have a blast at Geyser Falls. They've got the slides. They've got the wave pool. They've got the lazy river. They've got fun for the whole family. Geyser Falls Water Park. Learn more at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that is right here in Ceasefire country. Ceasefire.com slash business. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Find them online at mtradepark.com. We were there last Friday for a great softball event hosted by the Mississippi Bombers. Just incredible action on 14 different fields. I think that's what they told us they had going at uh, at one time, 14 fields that were uh, playing. Uh, M-Trade will wind down for the next month or so, and then they'll get back going mid-August with a great fall schedule. You can see that schedule online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. If you were Jay Johnson, 
What would you do tonight? Facing elimination, playing the number one team in the country who has already beaten you once in a one-run game, you have the best pitcher in college baseball. But he threw on Saturday, Saturday night, which means he had Sunday off, Monday off, Tuesday off. That's three days of rest. Can you bring Paul Skeens back on day four? Would you bring Paul Skeens back on day four? Or is there another route you can go on the mound, hope that your offense can get you to one more day, and then roll Paul Skeens out there to try and get you to the championship series? And correct me if I'm wrong, but that matchup would be Skeens versus Red Louder, right? Because he, he would probably not pitch to, today. He would pitch in the elimination game. So, I mean, you're talking about the two best guys in college baseball this year. I mean, what a matchup that would be. <laughs> so, you, so good. you talked, you talked your way through what Ole Miss did. You might have to sit on the couch in my office and just watch that one live. I'm down. I'm down. You're, you're, you got you got to have some food this time, though. That's all I'm asking. Sausage. Yes, we can have that. Um, you talked about what Ole Miss did a season ago. So what Mississippi State did, kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. To what LSU is going to have to make the decision on. They were two and zero, and then they but they dropped uh, game three. LSU obviously was one and one and has to play here in game three. State would have loved to have just won game three. And say had Bednar to go game one of the College World Series final. Didn't have that because he had to pitch in game four, which was the elimination game. And then you're taking that risk, right? Because if he pitches on Thursday, Skeens really can't come back until a potential game three of the World Series final. So you're betting that you can make it to game three so you can give him another start. Um, what? So. But, but hold on, let me, let me interject. In a sense, yes, you are betting that you can get to Thursday. Or mm-hmm. if you get down the line, you can get to another start. But is it that you're betting on it, or is it that you just say, I cannot, in good conscience, run out a guy who is either the first or the second pick in the draft in a month on three days rest on the biggest game of the season? Well, not only well, that. Skip Burtman was the coach. I, I know what the answer would be. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then he might pitch again tomorrow if he had to. <laughs> you, you've got to beat Wake Forest twice. You have to beat Wake Forest when Paul Skeens is not pitching. That has to happen. There, there's no other alternative. So wouldn't you find it best to roll the dice tonight and have him on a more appropriate yes. rest time against what's going to yeah. be the better arm from Wake Forest as well. Your your chances of beating Wake Forest are better tonight without Skeens than they are the next game without him. I agree with that. that that's, that's another thing really to consider. With State, when you the way they looked at it, both teams had a loss going into this this, this situation here. You know, Texas had already lost to Mississippi State once. Mississippi State had lost to Texas once. So this they only had one more game to play. Whereas if you're Wake Forest, you know you have at least two more games to play. So a little, little maybe a little different situation there. But that's how State played it. I, I think LSU will play it the same way. They'll pitch somebody tonight, 
and then you save scheme because I well, what Borky said mathematically is correct, right? That you have a better chance with schemes versus louder than you do versus whoever versus louder versus tonight. I, the, the math the math adds up. So Hunter and Columbus makes a statement that is true, and yet there's more to the story. Hunter and Columbus says on the ceasefire text line, you can't win the Natty if you don't win the next game. But the truth of the matter is, for LSU, you can't win the Natty if you don't win the next two games. Mm-hmm. And, and there is an adage in baseball, it's, hey, you worry about today, today, and then you figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. But you better take all of the information you have available to you into account with the decision that you make about today, knowing that if you win, you have a you have to do it again tomorrow. And Borky, I think that's a really good point. So Hunter and Columbus saying saying he didn't realize that LSU had to win too, and he agrees with Borky on this front. Yeah, I mean they lost to Wake Forest two nights ago, or three nights ago, whatever it was. Saturday. Monday. Yeah, two nights ago. And so they had to come back yesterday, and they won. They eliminated Tennessee last night, and now they play Wake Forest, and we've got to beat them for the opportunity to try and beat them again tomorrow. So, here's another one. But if you pitch Skeens tonight, and you... Get them two times to get to the championship. You have more rest for him then for those games. I don't think you can worry about the championship series yet if you're LSU. Because whether Paul Skeens throws tonight or if LSU wins tomorrow night, he's pitching in the championship series if it gets to game three. I don't know if you're going to keep him out if it gets to a game two. If you pitch Paul Skeens tonight and you end up in the championship series, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, would you bring him back again on Sunday on a second set of three days rest? His agent would tell you no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is hard, right? So... We, we had the conversation with Scott Barry during the or after the Auburn Regional about Tanner Hall. And he told us he went to the ballpark, says, thinking, Tanner Hall is not pitching. And he, he tells he had a player and assistant coach who said Tanner wants to pitch. And he said, absolutely not. And he said, you better go talk to Tanner. And Tanner Hall convinced him that he pitched well. Or that, that he felt good, he felt well, and he was ready to go. But this is a different situation. You're not running Paul Skeens out there to give you 30 pitches in two or three innings. Right. If you're running Paul Skeens out there, it's to go throw 110 pitches and trying to get you to the seventh. Yeah. you got to go tomorrow. You, 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 can't, you can't go today. You, you just can't. Even if Paul Skeens comes to you and says, I'm good? Yeah. Yep. It's like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to outscore him tonight, and then tomorrow you're going you're gonna to outdo a louder, and we're going to go play for a national title. 
It's got to be that way. Because Jay Johnson has to wear this, right? Right. But I mean, the rationale they, they, is solid, and if people don't, if, if they lose tonight, he doesn't throw skeins. He can sit after the game and explain why. And if people don't want to understand that, that's a them problem, not a not a that's him on problem. them. Yeah. Speaking of wearing it, did you I, see the shirt Kevin O'Sullivan wore today? No, what did it say? Was it a schmedium? Instead of t-shirt, no, but it just said on the back, "I know how to count to six. <laughs> that's pretty Apparently good. not. I appreciate the uh, the humor. Yeah, That's Jay good. Johnson. Okay, so, so if LSU were to lose to Wake Forest tonight, Jay Johnson can sit in that press conference and he can say there are two reasons that Paul Skeens didn't pitch tonight. Number one, we put player health above everything else, and it was not the right decision for his health and his future to pitch. That's number one. And number two, there was some strategy there as well, knowing that if we won tonight, we would be facing Wake Forest's best pitcher. Yeah, I. That's a very clear post game path in the event of a loss for Jay Johnson. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios on Sports Talk, Mississippi. The um, American Baseball Coaches Association, in conjunction with Rawlings, has announced the Division I Gold Glove winners for the year. The outfielders are Enrique Bradfield of Vanderbilt, Dylan Cruz of LSU, and Ethan O'Donnell from Virginia. The infielders, Stephen Klein from Samford at first base, Trading to Maya from Air Force at second base. Uh, Sabine Sabalos at uh, Oregon at third base. Jim Jarvis from Alabama, the shortstop. The catcher is Grant McGill from Indiana State. And the pitcher, only one. The pitcher who receives the Gold Glove Award for 2023, best defender in all of college baseball, is... Do you guys care to take a guess? Paul Skeens. No. Brett Louder. No. Tanner Hall, Southern Miss. Hey. Oh, Gold nice. Glove that was winner. That was my, my third guess. There you go. Congratulations. Nice. That is really, really clear. Um, It appears as if Paul Skeens is not pitching tonight. I, I, I don't know if that's official, official. But I'm kind of starting to see some stuff on Twitter that makes me think that that is the uh, case. Man, Tennessee and LSU getting eliminated in back-to-back days would just be, whew, that'd be great. Just really enjoyable sports in a time where otherwise there's not much going on. I mean, like, you know, college football, there's always Florida hadn't made it, you know. Right, yeah. But, like, we had a big recruiting day yesterday, got to talk about that, all that. 
But, but college football, there's not really a whole lot of news, generally speaking, this time of year. The big news of the NFL today was the Detroit Lions alternate helmets. And it's really cool. It, it, I think it's pretty cool. But, you know, that was the big NFL news of the day. And it, for those of you that care, uh, the NBA drafts tomorrow. Uh, Wimbenyama is not seven foot four. He's taller. Seven three. He said he was seven three. He's not seven three. No shot. The NBA draft is kind of interesting because we're about to enter a new era. This was the LeBron era. Yeah. This is the start of the new era. You know, they, they come in these waves. This is the start of one. I don't know what it's going to bring us. I don't know if he's going to win titles, but this is the start of a new era. There's a picture of Wembenyama who threw the first pitch at the Yankees game the other night, by the way. Uh, Google the picture of him holding a baseball. It's preposterous. It's insane. It's preposterous. It literally looks like you if you held one of those little bouncy balls that mm-hmm. your kids play with. Like he, I mean, it's, his fingers are touching each other. He's, he makes a fist around it. He wraps around he, the ball. I've never oh. seen anything like that. So there's so, that so, picture. So not like he's holding a racquetball. Like smaller than that. Smaller right. than that. It like the ball fits yeah. into the palm of his hand perfectly, and his and fingers. And he's, he's able to make a fist completely. around a baseball. How yeah. was his pitch? I didn't see it. Oh, what, low and outside. It was hey, not great. He, I don't not think he's great. ever thrown a baseball before. So, uh, so he didn't. He didn't get it out on the fingertips and just let it fly. No, but could you imagine yeah. if they got him at a young age with with that? Maybe, you know, maybe he's too tall. But the, I mean, yeah. And there's a picture the of bigger him. unit. He was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. It's called The Old Man in the Three, by the way, which is a great podcast name for J.J. Reddick. Yeah. But J.J. Reddick is six foot four, confirmed, officially, combined, measured. J.J. Reddick is six feet, four inches tall, guaranteed no ambiguity. There's a picture of him standing next to Wimbenyama, and it looks like he is a five-year-old. Hmm. <laughs> You've got to see this picture. There's no way there is only 12 inches of height difference between those two men. There is no way. The dude is seven six, seven seven, something like that. There is absolutely so, no way he's seven foot three. None. Two weeks ago at, on the Catfish Tour, I took a picture with Zach Selman, Brent Johnson, who's from Superior Catfish, who's like six foot five, and Robbie Falk. And if you don't know me and you see this picture, you would think I was five foot five. It's it's insane. I've never taken a picture with with three other guys and been that much shorter than all of them. It's it's craziest thing. I'm shorter than both of y'all, but it's not like that noticeable. Hey, there was another piece of basketball news today. Did you guys see this? Memphis coach uh, Penny Hardaway uh, has yeah. been suspended three games by the NCAA for recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules. An infractions panel announced on Wednesday that the violations are tied to two in-home visits in 2021 with a recruit from the high school class of 2023 who was referred to by the NCAA as, quote, a highly rated men's basketball prospect, close quote. In September of the recruit's junior year of high school, a Memphis assistant coach conducted an in-home visit with a prospect. Two weeks later, Hardaway had an in-home visit with the recruit. Coaches can only have in-person contact with high school juniors at the prospect's school. It cannot be in the home. Hardaway was penalized because of his involvement in the violation as well as his failure to monitor his assistant coach's violation. So 
The panel said ignorance is not an excuse. The head coach's inattentiveness to compliance, particularly at a time when his program was under scrutiny related to a different infractions case, resulted in careless violations. Now, Memphis, for their part, agreed back in December to uh, go ahead and start penalizing themselves. But Hardaway chose to deal with his case directly with the NCAA. I think Memphis went through the IARP process. Yeah. Which, by the way, you're like, hold on. This is still a thing? Penalties and enforcement and NCAA and whatever. Um, So Hardaway ended up having a level two mitigated violation. And so what did we learn from this? Go ahead and cheat. Yeah. Yeah, Always fight. Always fight and always cheat. Three game suspension in mid-November? You know know who's going to coach those games, don't you? Rick Stansberry. So Rick Stansberry. I just thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> please. I wonder if please tell me he, Ole Miss is on the schedule. Please he tell the me they are. Head coach during that that window. You would think he might be. I would think so. Right? Wouldn't that be the guy you'd put out there? The guy who's done it before. Oh man, have we talked at all about Huggins? We have not. About what? Sorry, my no- cut Huggins. out. About. Bob Huggins. And his his daughter had a Facebook post, which she put it online for everybody. It's so bad. It's, dis- it's Basically, depressing. Just said he drinks like everybody else. I have never been so hammered that I uh, drove a car with the door open and the tires blown out full of beer cans and thought I was 300 miles away from the city I was actually in. I, 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 that's just me, though. And Maybe she I don't also drink said, she, she said the reason for all of the beer cans was because he is a um, an avid recycler. He's a recycler. And has yeah. been everywhere he goes. Sure. And that it wasn't just beer yeah. cans, and they were in a bag, and the media doesn't want you to know the whole story and all of those things. Uh, yeah, no. the, the media is totally out, I mean, out to get him. Can, can, can we say this about Bob Huggins, that one of Borky's favorite phrases, two things can be true at the same time? Um Sure. Bob Huggins is loved by his players and highly respected by his peers. Mm-hmm. And the people that have coached with him and for him would absolutely go to war for him. Andy Kennedy loves Bob Huggins. Frank Martin loves, adores Bob Huggins. Those guys would do anything for Huggy. Yeah, if you believe the reporting, the players like the him informing them that he wasn't coaching. That was an emotional. Yeah, his players yeah. love him. I believe that, and he has yeah. done a lot of good. So but. that can be true, but we can also point to multiple incidents throughout the coaching career of Bob Huggins, where he has made incredibly poor decisions that have seriously endangered others, and there's just a lack of judgment. Um, He had two incidents in the last basically two months 
When you're coming off of one bad thing that's where they had to restructure your contract and give the school almost complete control and complete ability to fire you with cause, you can't have another incident. Million dollar pay cut. Yeah, you can't have another incident. And when you do, this is what happened. Just at that age, unfortunately, it's harder for people to get the help they need. And seems like when you think you're 300 miles away possibly need some help hope he gets it because at that age it's there, there's a reluctance there to actually give in and, and work on that yeah bad situation all around sports talk mississippi we will continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days when we come back communication system is a go, go! this this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. We are now at number 73, 100 teams in 100 days. Can you not hear it? I do not hear anything. I'll say it again. Hold on. 100 teams in 100 days. Let's reset here. Let's reset. Hold on. Hold on. Let me try it again. This day is bananas. You can hear it now? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Woo. Thought I had a crisis. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go! It's the final countdown! Team number 73 on the countdown is you. C. L. A. U. C. L. A. Fight, fight, fight. I, I think that's how they do it. The Sons of Westwood. You see, he went nine and four last year. Good season. Best in five years under Chip Kelly. Had USC kind of on the ropes there in the yeah, rivalry game. One of the highlights was a uh, ten-point victory. There it is. That's close. They beat Utah, the eventual Pac-12 championship in the Rose Bowl in uh, in October. Ten-point win there. But it is a roster that is going to look much different in year six for Chip Kelly. Because DTR is gone. They must replace Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback. And they must replace Zach Charbonnet, their running back. He was a good player. Where did he end up? I don't know who took him in the draft. I don't remember either. Gosh, he was good, the though. The Seahawks. Okay. The Seahawks draft well, man. When yeah. I, I, I'm curious if when I say the name Zach Charbonnet, the same picture pops into your head that pops into mine. A wine glass holding a football. Think about a nice, think about a nice Charbonnet. Crisp. Uh, 
No. No, I was just <laughs> thinking about him trucking, trucking LSU. Yeah. In the Rose Bowl. After Ed, Ed Ogeron told him about those sissy blue shirts when he was walking in. That's the, the image that comes to mind for uh, for me. But that was a pretty average UCLA team. Um, the replacement for DTR, by the way, the guy you're about to talk about, he's going to yeah. start. The freshman? Sounds like it. I was Dante reading, Moore? I was reading about it. And so they've got uh, Garbers, Chase Garbers, right, is his name, uh, mm-hmm. from Washington, who played a little bit last year. But all the people that cover the team think that Chip Kelly's going to because Garbers apparently is like game manager, super safe, and Kelly's going to just decide we've got Go the super it. talented freshman, might as well just start playing him as opposed to the game manager. He's a five-star, offers from everywhere, decommitted from Oregon to end up at uh, at UCLA. He, he's, he's, he's a big-time recruit, so why not? a coup there at the end of the recruiting cycle. It absolutely yeah. was. Highest-rated quarterback in terms of recruiting in UCLA history, participated in spring practice before turning 18, and he said, uh, he said, I might be the youngest on the team. Having a person like Duke Clemens, my center, him telling me to calm down and breathe, and me being in the huddle just conversing about anything I have questions about is great. Yeah. yeah. You probably don't need the center to have to tell you to calm down and breathe once you get to the, the actual season, but in the spring game, okay, probably so. And so the question is exactly what Michael Borky just asked. Will Chip Kelly go with the prodigy, or will he turn to Ethan Garbers, who was the backup the last two years to DTR? Chip Kelly said, there is a progression going on that we are excited about, but we have a lot of time before we play our first game. We haven't had, I don't believe you here, we haven't had one discussion depth-wise at the quarterback position. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You might not have discussed it, but you've sure been thinking about it, Coach. But, but it has been brought up. Yeah. Too. Uh, I said Chase instead of Ethan, by the way. Uh, Chase Garbers. Where where did he come from? Yeah, he's quarterback. At Cal. He's from Cal, right? Yeah, he beat Ole Miss in Oxford. Beat Ole Miss. Yeah. The banged up thumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, not a banged up thumb. He was fine. It was me that got the, uh, that was where I got the jammed finger. Or the, the dislocated finger. <laughs> you confused yourself for the starting quarterback in Cal. That happens. That's what you just did. Yeah, he was kind of average. <laughs> but he had pretty good zip on the ball. It was one of those, I, I think yeah. I've told you this before, I was just standing on the sideline and he just airmailed one. I guess it was just a throwaway, and I just instinctively stuck out my hand to grab it, and it just tipped right off of my ring finger. And I was like, Ooh. ow! And then I looked at it, and the... This, uh, like, from the, like, so if you got, what, two joints in there, the top joint, it was the the top of my ring finger where the nail is, it was pointed 45 degrees just in a different direction. And I looked at it, I was like, ah, and I just kind of walked and I looked down and I just kind of grabbed it and popped it back into place. I was like, oh, that thing hurt for a while. And on that day, Richard Cross vowed to never again try to catch a ball, he would only try to kick one. Which he did against Arkansas and nearly cost Ole Miss the game. No, no, you no! You are got... you are so wrong. Not only did you I caught that catch one? that ball, I caught that 
knee high with my left hand. You, you would think you would have learned you kicked it after up. the cow thing to not try to catch a ball going out of bounds, but you learn every nothing. time you try to catch a ball, bad things happen. You're a quarterback, not a receiver. That's a good point. And you almost cost Ole Miss the game. My goodness. If not for Kendall Bryles calling the the, same, you know, the exact same play and Ole Miss adapting to it. I just, wanna, I just wanna say this that you know, I watched that that game I don't know how game. we got off topic. I, I watched that game from a bar in New York City, and I'm just telling you right now that if somehow that had cost them the game and they had like been like, so this guy catches the ball and hustles it back in I don't know that I would have made it out of New York City. I might have had a heart attack and died laughing. Right there at the hmm. bar. What a way to go. What a way to go that would have been. Yeah. Chip Kelly's coaching journey UCLA, is a fascinating though, huh? one. Yeah. So so yeah. we'll skip over the time where he was an assistant at Columbia and New Hampshire and Johns Hopkins and moved to the point in his career when he came became the offensive coordinator at New Hampshire. Ninety nine to two thousand six. So there was a seven year window where he was the offensive coordinator at New Hampshire. And when you were the OC at New Hampshire for seven years, do you get to a point where you're like, I'm probably going to be here forever? It's like, it <laughs> like feels in year as six, if your career like, has stalled, but that is Maybe where, I'll be the head coach one day. That is where he fine-tuned his offensive philosophy, which was kind of revolutionary at that point in college football. And he goes and is on staff at Oregon as the offensive coordinator. A couple of years, offense gets rolling pretty good. Um, and then he gets the head coaching job. And from 2009 to 2012, they were really, really good. Two-time Pac-10 Coach of the Year, four straight BCS games, the Rose Bowl twice, the Fiesta Bowl once, and the 2011 BCS Championship game. And then he leaves for the NFL. There had been some flirting with the NFL. He had three interviews the year that he went to the NFL. One was with the Buffalo Bills. One was with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he ultimately ended up, and one was with the Cleveland Browns. Adam Schefter at the time said, after a seven-hour meeting with the Browns, followed by a nine-hour meeting with the Eagles, Chip Kelly decided to stay at Oregon. And then a week later... He accepted the offer from Philadelphia and became the head coach of the Eagles. They went 10 and 6 in his first year and made the playoffs. 10 and, and that was following a 4 and 12 season the year before. 10 and 6 the second year didn't make the playoffs. And then when they went 6 and 9 in 2015, he was fired before the season came to an end. So he's fired on December 29th, 2015, and what happens 16 days later? He's hired by the San Francisco 49ers. And they win their season opener 28 to nothing over the Rams at home. And then they lose 13 in a row. And then they win one, and then they lose two more. And you know what? The Niners fired him too. And then he went to ESPN. And then back into college, UCLA was able to lure him. And had he not had the season that he had last year, He's about to get fired again by UCLA. He was in serious trouble going into last year at UCLA. And now he's got 
the highest-rated quarterback in school history coming in as a freshman, coming off a 9-4 and year. UCLA is about to transition from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And the question is, how good are they going to be? How good are they going to be in their last year of the Pac-12? How good are they going to be when they make the transition to the Big Ten? We'll talk about that on the other side of this timeout. And we'll look at UCLA's schedule. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to the, back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. tell the story since somebody asked about it yeah okay so here's how richard almost cost oh (laughs) no i i don't so honestly i don't remember the exact details but i do remember that arkansas was going down the field with a chance to to score and beat old miss and jefferson threw a ball out of the back of the end zone this is 2021 two Mm -hmm. years ago right at richard threw a ball out of the back of the end zone right at richard and he caught it and when Richard caught it, the clock stopped, giving Arkansas one more shot. That one more shot, of course, ended up failing. Ole Miss won the game. But there are people that Monday and during the week and, and on one particular message board that I'm aware of that truly thought that Richard Cross catching that football was something that he should not have done when it was thrown directly at him when he was standing out of the back of the end zone. And were so angry at the prospect of him potentially costing Ole Miss the game. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. When when there was some people were joking because like Hayden and I had fun with it, and sure there there was some some serious anger directed at Richard because he dared catch a ball that was thrown directly at him when he was multiple steps out of bounds at a football game. There were so, so, real people that were actually mad at him about so, that. So this was, it was the back line of the end zone, right? So you have where the paint of the end zone ends, you then have like three feet of white paint that's kind of the boundary. You got that contrast that the officials are looking for for toe. And then you've got turf, and then you've got the padded wall. So it was the north end zone. And I was standing basically against the padded wall, probably one step in front of it, maybe a step and a half in front of it. And I don't know if you know this or not, but K.J. Jefferson has a cannon, throws the ball hard. And yeah. I'm standing there, and I have a, a microphone in my right hand, and it's just kind of like chest high, and he throws it toward the back of the end zone. It's a throwaway, or, or maybe just overthrew the receiver. And instinctively... With my left hand, which I'm not holding a microphone with, I just drop my hand down by my left side, hands down around my knee, 
and catch the ball. Like, it looks like the most athletic thing I've ever done. It was so incredibly nonchalant, left-handed grab for a right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was with one second left. And the clock stops with one second left, and there are people that thought, because the ball hit my hand or I grabbed it right there, that that was the reason that there was one second left on the clock. If I just pick my hand up, like, in a tenth of a second, the ball hits the wall and the clock stops. If it's thrown three feet to the right or three feet to the left, it hits a different person, and the clock the clock's going to stop when the clock stops. If you have anger, it should be at the clock operator who was so quick on the trigger to stop the clock and allow another play. Um, I, with, the, with that said, I'm really glad that Ole Miss won that game. Because, because that would have been uncomfortable for a really long time. People would have blamed you. Absolutely yeah. they would have. We yeah. saw it. You were just glad they won the game, period. Let's let's be clear about that. But so so my buddy the, the extra bonus there, yeah. Uh well yeah, I mean I was glad they won the game, period. But I was particularly glad that they won the game after that happened. Uh, <laughs> you did that, my, yes. Hey, look, I get tech. My buddy Gant says, I'm not gonna lie. I put a stopwatch on the video to see if we could still be friends. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Gant. Whatever, bud. Um. Anyway, they would have hey, so, reviewed it and given them a second back. I, I mean, yeah. So, did you just go back and find the video? No, just the play-by-play. Okay. Um. Wrapping up UCLA team number seventy-three on the countdown in the late May edition of S and P Plus. They were the twenty-first ranked team in the country, and if you need a reminder. S&P Plus is a formula that is derived from returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. UCLA opens at home with a sneaky good game, Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall back. Stay's not going to be too big for him. And then a not even sneaky, just difficult week two. They head south down to Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego to take on perhaps future Pac-12 replacement for UCLA, San Diego State. That opener, by the way, is your Pac-12 after dark on that opening Saturday night. Starts at mm-hmm. 9.30 our time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Then it's North Carolina Central in Week 3. Their road games in the Pac-12 at Utah, at Oregon State, at Stanford, at Arizona, at Southern Cal. That's in the next to last weekend of the season. They've got Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, and Washington State at home. UCLA, team number 73 on the countdown. 5 o'clock hour coming up. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider. Of Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm doubling up today. I got the shorts on. I got the uh, the really light gray shorts, which I've always been a khaki shorts guy. These light gray ones are awesome. 
And I got the uh, the the fishing lures, like the the fly fishing tie shirt on, which is a really cool pattern. They've got some neat patterns. There's one with uh, with shotgun shells on it uh, that was part of their uh, spring collection. You can find those online at gentealapparel.com. Of course, they've got the traditional solids and the stripes and uh, some new fall stuff will be arriving before long. And don't forget about the collegiate collection. You can get great looking, great feeling. High-performance golf shirts with really low-key, good-looking, classy logos on them. And then you can also get them with a Mississippi State logo. So whatever it is that you want, you can... Ah! I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. Hey, Dad. That's all. All I wanted to see was if I could get a reaction from you. So uh, You know what? I, I like it when you do that. It makes me happy. I know. I'm not alone over here. I know you appreciate it uh, from, from time to time. Hey, you can also find Genteel and men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi, including places like Harry Meyer Clothing in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, and SF Allman in Gulfport. So be sure to check them out. That's Genteel Apparel. They got a new they've got a new warehouse with a really cool showroom that is uh, about, I think I'm going to tour that Friday. Really excited to uh, check out their new digs as uh, they are continuing to grow. they got to have more space. And uh, it's really cool to see the uh, success story that Genteel is. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more online at pearlriverresort.com. Let's get to the college football fix, shall we? College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough, but don't stop there. Test drive an F-150. Best-selling truck in America, 46 straight years at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Get that 5-liter V8. You want that? You can get the three and a half, the 3.5 V6 EcoBoost, which is a really, really good motor. Uh, check them out at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, um, Tom Fornelli, who writes at CBS Sports, did a uh, did a list. His list was the top five uh, five teams that he expects to take a step back in 2023, and he included Mississippi State on his list. And so the question is, should they be there? Here's what he writes about Mississippi State. There are some football reasons to believe Mississippi State won't win nine games again in 2023 and finish ranked in the top 20. But the biggest reason is one the team has no control over. The death of Mike Leach was a tremendous blow to the sport and the Mississippi State program. Leach stamped his identity on the program, and the results came with it. The Bulldogs improved their win total in Leach's second and third seasons. But now they must start over, and they must do it with a first-time head coach in Zach Arnett, who is implementing a new style of play on offense. He goes on to say the schedule won't do Mississippi State any favors. While they don't have to play Georgia this season, they get Alabama and LSU at home, on the road for South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M. He says it's sometimes better to have your toughest games on the road since you aren't likely to win them anywhere, getting your coin flip games on the road makes them far less of a coin flip in your favor. 
Whether you agree with the Zach Arnett, Mike Leach part of that, there's something to be said for what he said about the coin flip games. It's almost like, I mean, businesses wouldn't be on board with this. Fans wouldn't be on board with it because it's fun. You know, when Alabama comes to town, when Georgia comes to town, uh, whoever, because you you have a sold-out stadium, you have a great atmosphere, and you're holding out the hope of one of those upset games that you remember forever. And they happen from time to time. But the truth of the matter is, you might be better off if you just said, hey, we're just going to sign up to play Alabama and Tuscaloosa every year. Odds are we're not beating them. If we ever beat them there, it'll be epic. But we would rather have the home field advantage for fill-in-the-blank team that is more of a quote-unquote winnable game every year than waste one of those home opportunities on Alabama. Now, again, that's not the way coaches think. That's not the way athletic directors think. That's not the way season ticket buyers think. But maybe there is something to that. I don't know. Does any of Fornelli's rationale make sense to you for saying Mississippi State takes a step back? Absolutely. Logically, what he's saying makes sense. And, and, and a first-time head coach replacing a legendary head coach, I understand why people would have their doubts. There's going to be changes on the offense, you know, maybe not the wholesale changes that some people envision, but they're go- it's going to look different. And, you know, I get it. So I-, I get that. And I get his point about, you know, what you're saying about Alabama at home, that's something that's been talked about for a long time. Just like, <laughs> can't just play them on the road every year. What's the point? Um, but what I would tell you is that Will Rogers has won at Texas A&M. He's won at Auburn. He's won at Ole Miss. He's won on the road at Arizona. He's won on the road at Vanderbilt. And I know Vanderbilt's not a great team, but it's 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 a road win. Um, so he's won on the road. And I mean, a, a, a an experienced you know senior quarterback who's who's had all these snaps. You know, you, you feel good about them going into those a senior kind of with two years left if he so desires. If he so desires, I don't think that's going to be the case. But yes, correct. So it, it's one of it's well, just I, the, the I, classic I, example. Can, can I interrupt? And, and I know it's something we've talked about before, but why yeah. are you why are you so certain that you don't think that's what he's interested in? Do you think he believes that there's an NFL it's, opportunity in front of him? I think if he has a good season and he, and he does, he shakes off the system quarterback label. I mean, if he goes out this year and throws for close to three thousand yards and twenty plus touchdowns and keeps his interceptions low, some NFL team's going to get. And he shows you that he can throw the deep ball. Some NFL team's going to give him a chance. I just feel like the positions change so much in the NFL. Like well, if you're going to be the, his lack the of mobility is, is an move, issue. It better be an absolute like rocket launcher for an arm. Yeah, I mean I get it, but I mean Chase Daniels has been Chase Daniels has been in the league for how long and thrown how many? Pa- I mean you can make a living as a backup. Somebody will give him a shot. Elite in college. Did he go to the Heisman? He, I mean ceremony? I have to go look at his stats. I have to go look at his stats. I bet you know. And he ran. They ran kind of a kind of an air raid system. But to get back to the point, that th- those of us close to you know, maybe it's just you know maybe I'm a homer. I don't know, but I just buy into Arnett as the head coach. I buy into Barbe and what he wants to do offensively. I know State has some playmakers that they're going to be able to 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 use. 
This team has a ton of seniors. They have a lot of experience. I, I just I just see them being more successful than the national, and in, in, in some cases the regional media is giving them credit for. In three years as the starter at Mizzou, 06, 07, 08, Chase Daniels threw for, sorry, did I just, I'm sorry, I just Dan Mullins him. Yeah. Chase Daniel. He Mullins him, yeah. Yeah. So did I, don't feel bad. His first year, he played in 10 games, but just sparingly, threw for 347 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. So you, you pull those numbers out, he threw for over 12,000 yards, with 100 touchdowns and 39 interceptions in three years as a starter at Missouri. They're really good numbers. Yeah. Not to, to derail the, the genesis of this conversation, but Will Rogers is the perfect kind of quarterback that could, in theory, if he wanted to, stay in college longer because his NFL prospects aren't that of... Take Sam Hartman, the guy I always reference. Sam Hartman, some he'd be on a roster this season. He would be, but he's not going to play. He may never start in the NFL. He is just a step below the, the skill set of an NFL starter. And he had an extra year of eligibility. And, and so, you know what? He made a life decision, not a football decision. And he's he's going to go yeah. to Notre Dame, which will do a lot of things for you post-career. Quarterback at Notre yeah. Dame, if they have a good season, he writes his ticket for the rest of his life. Yep. And and I will say this got a got a contract because that's what they are. Notre Dame's paying him, and he can do the NFL thing, the same NFL thing after he ha- has another year of college where he gets paid and maybe improves it some. But if he doesn't, he's going to be in the same position. Hey, Dad, let me throw you a curveball. If Will Rogers is playing college football in twenty twenty four. Is it at Mississippi State or somewhere else? I think it's at Mississippi State, and it's because he got injured this season. And so State will have a terrible year if that's the case. You, you're, you are that convinced that Will Rogers is, if he yes. stays healthy and plays the way close to the way he has, he's done yes. after this year? Yes, that's what I believe. Okay. Well, that's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We're back with you after this. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. You're thinking about a new Ford vehicle and you're tired of waiting on inventory to come in. Belk Ford is your place. They're located on Highway 6 West in Oxford. They've got Explorers in stock. They've got a Bronco Sport in stock. They've got Expeditions in stock. And they've also got a great lineup of Ford F-150s that are currently in stock. Whether you're looking for an XLT, a Lariat, a Platinum, a Lightning, or maybe it's that trimmer package, that kind of aggressive off-road package They've got all those in stock on the lot. All you got to do is uh, reach out to Belk Ford. Whether you give them a call at 877-891-4948. That's 877-891-4948. Or you stop by and see them 
at 447 Highway 6 West in Oxford. They'll take care of you. Belk Ford is a family dealership. They have been for over 50 years, and they're going to treat you like family as well. No pushy sales tactics. They'll meet you, get to know you a little bit, figure out what you're looking for, and then help put you in the Ford vehicle that you like with the best financing options available as well. Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford, and tell them we sent you. You heard about Belk Ford on Sports Talk Mississippi. They will take extra good care of you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. You want to be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, you can do so at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. Right here in C Spire country, you can learn more about that and them online at cspire.com slash business. Hey, the other four teams that Tom Fornelli had on that list of Power 5 programs that will take a step back in 2023. He's got Duke in that category. Mike Elko made his debut as the head coach at Duke last year, and they went 9-4, and including 5-3 and in the ACC. Thinks they'll take a step back this year. Illinois went 8-5 and last year, including wins over Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Kind of stumbled down the stretch, but that was on the heels of going 1-11. Brett Bielema did a really good job with Illinois last year. He says they'll take a step back this year. He says Purdue going to take a step back as well. They went 8-6 and six last season, so we'll see. Uh, and then TCU. And he says, am I going out on a limb by saying that the team with a preseason win total of 6.5 last year but ended up going 13-2 and two and reaching the national title game is bound to take a step back? It'd be nearly impossible for the Horn Frogs not to have a worse season than they did in 2023. I mean, that makes sense based that's, on that's what they accomplished. Really argue with. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like they're taking a step back. Yeah. He does not include the other team that played in the national championship game last year in terms of taking a step back. <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen. Does, I think they'll be okay. They'll although, be okay. if they lose a game, they took a step back, right? True. That's true. They lose a game. That's true. Then Georgia took a step back. Y- you know, yeah. and I'm this way too. I'm going to pick Georgia to finish first in the East, and and anybody that does otherwise, I think, is out of their mind. But I really don't know if we're talking enough about how Georgia replaced Todd Munkin with Mike Bobo, and their senior citizen quarterback is being replaced with a guy that's never taken a meaningful snap before. And yes, Georgia was the best team in college football last year. They were. But also, multiple teams had them on the ropes. They didn't dominate every single week. Now, some people attributed that to boredom. I don't know if that's the case. I think there are also good teams in the SEC that are not Georgia. And sometimes... They're having a slightly off day, or some defensive coordinator had a really good time in the film room and the, the scheme implementation that week. They can get beat, and that almost happened a year ago. And they lost those things, and they lost how many defensive players? And I know they've got five star after five star behind them, but are we sure that Georgia? And I know they've got an easy schedule for SEC standards. 
But are we sure they're just going to waltz right on through to a 15-0 season again? No, that's really hard to do, and it's the first time Georgia's ever done it. And, you know, the, the discourse, and I again, I participate in it. I, I am pointing at myself here. The discourse is they're just going to go undefeated, and, and the end is inevitable. Georgia's going to win another national championship because they're the best team in college football. But is that reality? I don't actually think that's reality. And we have to be a little fair, although when you look at their regular season schedule, it's going to be hard for them to lose a game in the regular season. So, But you say, like, if they lose a game, they take a step back. I mean, if they win another national title with one loss, they didn't take yeah. a step back. That, that's, but that's at the same time, point. when you look at their schedule, when they lose, if they lose a game, it's either going to be the SEC championship game or in the playoffs. So they could, I guess, lose the SEC championship game and still get into the 14 playoff. But that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah. How many... I mean, they're in Knoxville. That's that's, the, that's, that's, their, their, that's really the only game, though. That's really the only one. And again, I keep I keep doing this. I, I have to feel like I have to take up for them. They were supposed to play Oklahoma this year. The conference nixed that because they'll be playing Oklahoma next year or Georgia. Or they've been playing Texas next year. I'm not sure. But with Oklahoma coming in, they they didn't want to have that home and home happening when. They're about to be having home and homes with them all the time. Oh, I'm about to do this, aren't I? They're in Jordan Hare as well. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do that. Robbie Falk tried to talk himself into that, and I was just like, stop. No. The, the most Hugh Freeze thing ever, ever, would be to beat them. Would be to go to Cal in week two and lose, and then beat Georgia a few weeks later. That would be the most Hugh Freeze start of his Auburn tenure ever. And by the way, one of our friends at the next round, and, and he rationalized it, but one of our friends over there said that Hugh Freeze is Auburn's best head coach since Pat Dye. Come on now. Come on now. He hadn't done anything. Mm. Come on. Come on. Whew. Kool-Aid I mean, over there. Now. But he's not better than Gene Chizik yet, is he? Gene Chizik won a national championship. And at the end, uh, Gus went to one. Gus, Gus played for one. Tommy Tuberville went undefeated in a season and won the SEC. Terry Bowden right. went undefeated in a season. I mean, he got some options here. Yeah. Hey, Dad, you're better at this than me. Well, I'll give you the year. That the literally team. could be anything. Uh, it could be. It's not. Um, okay. Undefeated national champions in the college football playoff era. Georgia last year. Yeah. LSU in 2019. They were perfect. Yeah. Alabama was perfect in 2020, weren't they? Mm, were they? Did they go undefeated? I don't think they lost. They went 10 or no, and then, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. That's correct. I don't, yeah. Okay. So we've had three straight undefeated national champions. Didn't Clemson go undefeated no. in 2016? That's, that's not right. 2021, Georgia lost again. That's right. Twenty twenty. Okay, three of the last out. four. That's lost right. Out. So, so, so yeah. one lost Georgia in twenty one, undefeated Georgia in twenty two. Wasn't mm-hmm. one of the two Clemson national championships either sixteen or eighteen undefeated? Wasn't it the sixteen Clemson team that beat Alabama with Deshaun Watson? They did, but didn't didn't they lose to uh, to Pitt? 
Okay, so it was, the, was it the Trevor Lawrence? Uh, here, here we are. 2018 uh, was the first 15 and 0 team. Yeah, 2018 they went 15 and 0. 2016 they went 14 and 1. You want to count UCF in 2017? I'm only kidding. We uh, do not. All right, starting in 2014, the first year of the college football playoff, you had Ohio State, Oregon. You did not know they Ohio State won that. They were not undefeated. That's correct. They had a loss. 2015, Alabama, Clemson. Alabama won that one 45 40. Had a loss. 2016, right. Clemson, Alabama. Clemson won that game over Alabama 35 31 in Tampa. They had a loss. They had a loss that year. You know how useless the AP is, by the way? They voted uh, Clemson the national champion that year. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty dumb. Uh, 2017, Alabama over Georgia. They had a loss. They had a loss. 2018, Georgia Clemson. didn't have a loss until that game. That's right. That was was that the Georgia over Oklahoma Rose Bowl? Yes. And Tua throwing the touchdown and they had overtime yeah. or yeah, in overtime to win it. Um, Clemson over Alabama in twenty eighteen. Undefeated Clemson. They were undefeated. The first fifteen or no team. LSU nineteen, fifteen and no. Undefeated. Yes. Alabama twenty twenty. Thirteen and no? They finished thirteen or no, yes. One lost Georgia in twenty one and then undefeated Georgia. In 22. Last year. Correct. Yeah. CC in Senatobia says, actually incorrect, Richard. Gene Chizik did not win a national championship. Cam Newton did. It's a true story. Chiz gets credit, though. He was the he, coach. He does get credit. Uh, didn't Tuberville beat Alabama like seven years in a row? I think it was five years in a row. The one for the thumb was the fifth. They, they might have gotten six. Did they they might have gotten six. I'd have to look. I'll we'll look. I'll look during the break. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, hey, Mom said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you They're 50 win, in one case, 50 plus win teams going at it tonight at Omaha. Wake Forest is 54 and 10 on the year. LSU is 50 and 16. So I said definitively last night that the advantage on the mound belonged to Tennessee. And then Nate Ackenhausen for LSU went out and threw the game of his life. Drew Beam was, was good. Maybe even really good. But Ackenhausen was better. Definitively, the advantage on the mound tonight belongs to Wake Forest. Will Javen Coleman, the left-hander, sophomore left-hander, find a way to do what Nate Ackenhausen did last night, which is quiet a really good offense? So LSU going tonight with Javen Coleman. He's making his eighth appearance and his fourth start. 6.39 6.39 ERA, 1 and 2 record, 19 strikeouts in 12 and 2 thirds innings. Just hadn't been used much. I think he's one of the guys that's been banged up a little bit this year for LSU. So here's what Wake Forest is doing they're going with Seth Keener. He's making his 23rd appearance, but only his eighth start. But listen to these numbers 
and this is basically like rinse and repeat for Wake Forest pitching staff. ERA 2.18. He's 8-1. 90 strikeouts with 16 walks in 66 innings pitched. The um, the two biggest bats in the line, listen, uh, not just two, listen to the 3-4-5 in the lineup for Wake Forest. Nick Kurtz, 24 home runs, 69 driven in. Brock Wilkin, 31 and 82. Justin Johnson, 16 and 76. And then just for good measure in the six hole, Pierce Bennett has driven in 65 runs this year. But LSU's lineup's not too shabby either. Dylan Cruz has a 1,300 OPS. He is slugging 731 with a 569 on base percentage, hitting 429 with 18 home runs and 69 runs batted in. And then you got Tommy White, who's sitting on 22 long balls with 98 ribbies. Man, he had a ground out last night that I, I swear was a missile. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he hit a baseball. Just even when you get him out, it's still hard to do. It's just so impressive. I mean, this this is heavyweights, right? It's round two. People build the first LSU Wake Forest game as like the the game we've all been waiting for this season, which you know, not me, but I guess some people. But I'm I'm excited to see it tonight. I, I mean, th- mm-hmm. this is what we've asked for, right? If if our teams are not going to be in it, which uh, spoiler alert, they're uh, they're not. Um. <laughs> At least, no, no. thanks. I had no idea. Because look at the other playoffs, right? And, and you can't control it. But ho- hockey, the Stanley Cup Finals were boring, blowouts wasn't close. The NBA Finals, you know, the Western Conference was a gentleman's sweep, and yeah, the games were close, but still, it, you, you didn't have in the finals the same way. Denver were just so much better than Miami. So 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 much better. The college football national championship, we saw it. Georgia's so much better than TCU. Just so much better. UConn had the most dominating run through the tournament in terms of point differential ever. So we haven't exactly had good playoffs in this sports calendar. Frankly, they've been bad. And the College World Series has been the exact opposite of that. Every game has felt huge and played huge where every pitch mattered. Even last night felt big, despite the score differential being the biggest so far in the World Series. It was only five runs. It's been really nice. Should be a good one tonight. Yeah, it should. How close have you guys followed this submersible story? You, you can't call it a submarine. It's, a, it's not a submarine. It is a submersible that is exploring, has been exploring the Titanic wreckage at about 12,500 feet below the surface of the ocean. There was an attempt to explore. But this wasn't its first mission. I mean, it had been down before. I, I guess. So rescue. Yeah, I, I've kept up with it. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I kept up yeah. with it. Rescuers earlier today rushed more ships and vessels to the area 
where the submersible disappeared on its way to the Titanic wreckage site, hoping underwater sounds that they detected for a second straight day might help narrow their search in an increasingly urgent mission. If you've kept up with the story, you know that they lost contact about five hours after the launch on Sunday morning. And this submersible carried the equivalent of 96 hours of oxygen on board for its passengers. You had the CEO of this company captaining the submersible. And then, what, a, a couple of explorers and two Pakistanis who were, uh, it was a father and son. The, the father was a finance guy in Pakistan, invested in tons of companies. $250,000 was what it cost to be a passenger aboard this. And, and so we were talking about this a little bit this morning. It's possible, maybe even likely, that whatever the end of this particular search mission is doesn't really matter because the story has already come to an end for the five passengers. But if it hasn't, what's going on with those people who are still aboard. When was the point where they're like, um, what do we do? Do we just hope? Do we just wait? Do we just pray? Do we have a survival of the fittest Hunger Games on board this so that oxygen is maximized for some? I, I just... And then... We don't know that that's the case. We do, there's a lot of thought that the thing might have just imploded down there, in which case it was it would have been quick at least. If the outcome is not a positive one, then for the sake of those five souls, you hope that's what happened. Exactly. The, the, it's unfathomable, though. The um, what was it? Was it ABC that, that did a story on the sub? And the reporter, old story, not recent, laughs when they are showing him like where they purchased the parts to this thing. And then the off-brand video game controller that controls the thing. And I, Hey, Dad, what you said this morning made me laugh. And not, not because there's anything funny about this yeah. story, but you said as a kid... What, what would you, if your yeah, mom if, came home with the Logitech controller from if, if Walmart? You bro- if you broke the controller you got with the PlayStation, and your mom came home with a Logitech controller instead of a Sony controller, you were mad. You are like, this thing's just going to go out in a couple of months. It's a waste of time. It's cheap. And and they got this controlling that, that, that device. And when you look at the reviews before people started bombarding them with trolls, it was a lot of people were like, it loses connection if you walk away a certain distance. You got to stay super close to the device, or else it'll lose its connection. Things like that, and th- they lost it for a few hours a while ago, and and didn't add any kind of tracking to it. it text messages are how it's controlled in part. I, I mean, just how unserious it all feels. Yeah. 
Um, some messages on the ceasefire text line. Somebody says if the sub imploded, the U.S. Navy would have heard the sound of that. Okay. Um, not initially. Well, I mean, they went, they went hours without reporting it missing. What was it, nine hours before? Because they had lost it before, and so it wasn't abnormal for a while. I mean this with all due respect to those individuals and their families and hope for the best, but trusting a submersible object that is controlled by a video game remote to go 12,000 feet under the ocean seems like Darwinism 101 for them. Yeah. Um, Chase says, I'm a risk-benefit analysis type of guy, and the risk to benefit of going down to see the Titanic in a closed igloo piloted by a PS4 controller, that's just going to be a no for me. You don't even get to see. like It's not like you're, you're looking at the, the thing through a big window and you're like, oh, wow. It's on a monitor. And then they like, got... You could just you could just be on a boat. Yeah, you could just be on the boat and well, like, oh, there it is. Send it down unmanned. And and if they do find it, then what? How do you retrieve this from two and a half miles below the surface of the ocean? You hope it's on the surface. Ugh. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple Eight Eight Zero Eight Eight Six Three Seven on Super Talk Mississippi. I know absolutely nothing about Walter K. Friedman. His Twitter bio says that he is a semi-retired writer, 44 years of service, supporter of News Guild, dad to three and pop pop to eight, retweets are not endorsements, and he's got a hashtag to support local journalists. I tell you that because I'm going to read you his tweet from one hour ago, and it's not far-fetched. Hashtag breaking, Andy Kennedy, current UAB head yeah. coach and former SEC champion head coach at Ole Miss, is nearing a deal to become the next head coach for West Virginia, sources tell W. Keith Friedman. Wow. Huggins, uh, quote, Huggins vouched for him. Kennedy will keep the roster from the portal. He's their guy, close quote. Pretty sure this is a troll account. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. That would make sense, though. Yeah, it's one of those, like, they, they, they look like a journalist, but they're not. Like, he's got one back January 13th. Look for Charlie Strong to replace Pete Golding. Hmm. Okay. So. Absolute losers do that. Oh, yeah, okay. But... Now, 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 I'm, now I'm sure of it, because I see he quote-tweeted someone who I know is a troll account. Oh. All right. Well, that is worth watching, isn't it? it I mean, sense. I would be a, 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 but if if you just, all right, I, I hate to do it, but if you just let Huggins go, do you bring in a, a Huggins 
assistant who has had off-the-court issues in the past. Now, hasn't had them in a long time, but had them. I, I don't know that you can go that route. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Andy Kennedy's issues from, what, 2000... What was that? Nine? Eight, nine, something like that. 2008. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there has been enough penance... No doubt. ...on and off the court that that shouldn't really factor in. Now, if you want to say you don't want to go get a, a Huggins guy to run the program when you just let Huggins go, then yeah, maybe there's something there. But yeah, none of the none, none of the basketball people who are locked in on college basketball are reporting that. So yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, that's one that would make sense though, and uh, and we'll see where it uh, where it goes. Um, you know what's crazy is I have gotten more questions about basketball, Ole Miss basketball, than I have ever gotten at any point. And I know, at least according to the Mississippi State fans that I interact with, they are on cloud nine with basketball too. You have people in the state of Mississippi who, despite some folks trying to tell us that nobody cares, that are yeah. giddy and counting down to the start of basketball season. I mean, th- this is the reminder, right, that good basketball people care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we'll see if we get good basketball. Hey, speaking of basketball, Coach Sam Purcell joins me in about uh, 23 minutes. Where's that? On Thunder and Lightning. Oh, On is Thunder that and Lightning. That is tonight. I think I mentioned that earlier today in the show. You did. You're good. But I wanted Brian to bring Haydad. up the Purcells joining me. Yeah, Brian Haydad, Thunder and Lightning on the radio, coming up on uh, Super Talk Mississippi as soon as we get finished here in uh, in just a couple of minutes. The uh, College World Series is coming up. But Borky, you know what else is crazy? That I was I was all set to use your line, but then Haydad derailed it. When when you went with the, you know what's crazy? You know what else is crazy, boys? We are less than a month from SEC Media Days. That's right. In Nashville. Although I'm excited, it's not the unofficial kickoff of uh, of college football season because there is the week after media days where nothing happens. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> there's no practice even. Yeah. That that is but, it's so dead the week after media days. It is it's that that's the worst content week of the year. But the four horsemen will be reunited: Cross, Borky, Haydad, and McDavid. Yeah. I mean. Is there any question who makes those shows go? Yeah, that's the goat. I mean, I, I look, there are going to be a lot of radio shows that are broadcasting from SEC Media Days. I assure you, there is not another show that takes more equipment to SEC Media Days than Sports no. Talk Mississippi when Houston McDavid and is in charge as engineer and makes it happen on site. Houston... Houston has assured me this time that if Nick Saban sits down at our table while he's the only one sitting there, he'll interview him. He'll figure it out this time. He's just gonna just gonna get after it. I'm like, Coach, how are you? Let's go. LSU and Wake Forest for an LSU. It is a win or go home game for Wake Forest. Well, they're trying to punch a ticket to the championship series with the Florida Gators, who won earlier today. College World Series continues tonight. 
Thanks for being with us. Fun show this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.